Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. Michael Rudnin, welcome aboard. Of course, he's on the road, so I, we didn't get our plethora of all the information he normally sends. Bridge MCP, our director of the PDR Posse, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird-Smith, hiya. Eugene Miles, hello, hello, hello. Guys, we're going to have a great show for you today. Uh, I changed the show at the last minute because I'm watching all these things relative to uh, what, you know, what our Asian brothers and sisters are going through, a, a piece of what uh, the, the existence of being a person of color is. Many people like to deny that these things are happening because we walk around with a smile. We do as we do. We don't. You know, you don't live your life that way. Julie Van Osdell, welcome aboard. Yay, I actually remember to set my PDR alarm. Good afternoon, everyone, from a beautiful sunny day in South Central Minnesota. I love Minnesota. Well, I love Saint uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I was out there for a Netroots Nation conference, the largest conference of progressive bloggers, broadcasters, and everything in between. We're... Every single one of those those progressive politicians make sure to get out there and go. Actually, that is where I interviewed uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That's where I interviewed uh, uh, Miss Holland, Congresswoman Holland, and uh, all those other folks. You know, that's where we kind of meet. But anyhow, we're going to have a good one for you today. Pouring in New York, snow, rain, storm, welcome, spring. Yeah, that's tough, eh? I... <laughs> We get a lot of rain in Houston when, when we don't need it, and we miss it when we do. Seems like what's going on now, I think they call that kind of stuff climate change. Anyhow, folks, uh, what what's on your minds? Let me put the telephone number in up on the screen in case anybody wants to give us a call. That telephone number is, uh, para ver, para ver, 346-248-7799. Again, that is 346 346- Two four eight seven seven nine nine. The ID code is two five four six hundred nine zero nine one. The ID code is six hundred, or rather two five four six hundred nine zero nine one. That's the subtropics. Yes, yes, and yes, and I am from the tropics, Panama, Centro America. Where we actually have, we don't have winter, summer, and all that good stuff. Uh, I changed the show to cover the, the, what you see on. The, I'm going to tell you about it in in a minute, Bridge. It's all. It's all. It's. Uh, I'm, I have four videos. I think that I want to show, but I'm also going to talk a little bit about the filibuster again because I think that needs to really get some coverage. But also, hi guys, Linda Joe Kinsinger, welcome aboard. Um, I also want to. Um, Go over an article. I, I, I forgot to, to queue it up, but I think I can get to it. I want to actually start there because I think it is important. And it goes like this. I'm going to bring that. Well, actually, let's let's talk about what the show is going to be about first. Uh, the show today is Para Ver and Vamos a Ponerlo en la Pantalla. We're going to put that on the screen right now. If I can find the button. There is the button. Eric Hayes. That canal is a mastery of modern construction. 
The Panama Canal, yes. When the Panama Canal was built in 19... It started building in 1903. It was completed in 1914. Most of the people that built the canal came from the Caribbean vis-a-vis. That's why I'm a Caribbean Latino Panamanian because my forefathers are the ones who built the Panama Canal. We are the ones who, con el pico y la pala, with the pick, with the uh, shovel and the axe, we built that canal digging and digging and digging, exploding, exploding and exploding through the Cordillera de Tabasara. That is the middle of the country, that big mountain range. We built a, uh, we had two entrances to the canal, one to the Pacific Ocean, one to the Atlantic Ocean. But the problem is to build a sea level canal where you just connect those two, you would have needed to bust down several mountains. Well, in those days, that was difficult. So what did we do? We uh, Actually, this was great American engineering, and that's what I talk about. America brings people from all over. That America is a concept. It brings people from all over the world with intelligence, all kinds of intelligence. M- intelligence of calculations, intelligence of engineering, intelligence of everything. And what they did is they said, wait a minute. We have sea level here, Pacific, a little higher than sea level here, Atlantic. We have a big mountain in between. And in between all those mountains, we have valleys. We have a river called this river that runs through the middle of Panama down into the Atlantic Ocean. What if we build a big lake at that time, the biggest lake in the world, man-made lake in the world? What if we build a lake in those valleys in the middle of Panama? And then we just have to dig a little path to that lake build some locks to raise you up to the lake, and build another path on the Pacific side to that lake. Build some locks to get you up into the lake. And then the ships go through that lake, and then they drop back down into the ocean. So that's what we do. We go ahead, and we simply uh, have an eight-mile entrance into the lake on one side, and I think probably another several miles entrance into the lake. You You jump about 40 miles, and in, into fresh water. So you get to salt water, fresh water, salt water. And that is how you get from one side of the canal to each other by direction. You guys should look at that documentary on how the canal was built. And remember, my forefathers built that canal. We, we died. We spilled blood. We did all that kind of stuff back there. And, that, you know, so that, that is what happened out there. Anyway, thank you for bringing that up, Eric Hayes. Eric, can you get FEMA and others to build the needed floodgates on Lake Houston so we can get flooded by Conroe again? They started building the, the floodgates, but there's one problem with that, building the floodgates, Eric Hayes. If you build the floodgates here to protect Kingwood, what it means is all those poor people that live on the other side of the lake they get flooded when we dump that water real fast. So it's sort of not just about throwing the water out. Anyway, title sh- sorry for the tangent, guys, but I, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you know, when, when any of our people give a little story, I have to kind of add to it. Mary Wood, welcome from Long Beach, California. So we have California, we have New York, we have Minnesota, we have Florida, we have... Uh, Georgia, we are covered by just about all these states around the country. Hey, Bridge found it, the biggest mega project in history. She found the Panama Canal. I tell you, we have the best people at Politics Done Right. They find things like that. Anyhow, title of the show today is Texas Republican Evokes Lynching at Hearing, Erasing Insurrection, 
Asian and POC invisibility. And why did I make it a show about what's going on with our Asian brothers and sisters today? Because there's something that one woman said, and it really hit me to the core when she said it. I don't remember what program I heard it on. She said, you know, we're, in, in America, we're always talking about identities, and we talk about uh, the, what, what black people are going through, and we talk about what women are going through, and we talk about what Latinos are going through, and we talk about what all these other people are going through. But somehow we look at Asians as the model minority because they're all doing good or doing well. And she said that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, you see those that excel, but the rest of Asians are just like the rest of any other minority in America. And they are subject to all the different ills subject by all those minorities. The only difference is that nobody covers us. And I was on the spinner when she said that. And all I could say is, Guilty as charged. I've covered women issues. I've covered Latino issues. I've covered black issues. I've covered indigenous issues. And the one thing I don't think I ever covered, and I, you know, I kind of went through my thing and I said, I've never covered anything Asian for real. She is right. It's the invisible minority that is very visible to us all. And when bad things have been happening to them, it gets a little notion, a little mention, and that's it. And I said to myself, guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Forgive me, forgive those of us who did it inadvertently. And so I wanted to cover some of what's going on over there, over in there today. So let me go ahead and start with, uh, it's a matter of the squeaky wheel gets the grease. That is true. And, and culturally speaking, uh, Asian, Asians, and you know, I, I, I even noticed that within my community here, the guy who owns the restaurant, he has taken a, a restaurant that I go to, or used to go to all the time. He has taken a very, uh, a very liking to me. And he would tell me things and he would say, please don't repeat this. And he'll tell me things that happen in the community and things that people have done to him. Even though he owns this Asian restaurant that people love and he delivers a lot, he, he does very well. And he tells me a lot of the tribulations that he's gone through that nobody sees because you go into his restaurant and it's a smile. It's like when I tell people, uh, you, know, you know, people always say, you're always joyful, you're always happy, you're always this. And I'm like, I'm, it's intentional. Because if you hold on to the weight that's applied on you, you wouldn't get a damn thing accomplished. So it's best. So it's best to put the smile on, move on, and keep going. Mirna Chatten, Myrna Chatten, welcome aboard. E2247, Egberto, a great diary about Chip Roy's ridiculous statement in the House Judiciary community this morning. Folks should watch that. I am actually playing that, my brother, E2247. And Mirna Chatton says, When did Davis lost to Chip Roy 45-52? Davis rose to fame by filibustering for 13 hours against an abortion bill on Texas legislature floor. I was there. Democrats can get these seats if they'll work for voter turnout in San Antonio and Beer County. That is absolutely true, Mirna. And, it's a, and you know, we can win a lot more. We, we could have won more in, uh, in last election as well. Uh, we worked hard. We did work hard. 
I think if we had worked a little bit harder, it would have been better. Berto, you choose how to react and go forward just as someone would choose to be bad. It is controllable. Uh, yeah, um, th that is true. But my daughter told me something yesterday that I have to be cognizant of, and I'll, I'll process it before I put that out. Roy was worse than ridiculous, but I rant. <laughs> okay, before I go on to the Asian issue, I want to talk about the filibuster. So uh, I'm not leaving that issue, but I'm talking about the filibuster because it is something that President Obama spoke about, and I want to get that in your psyche. If, uh, because it also covers Asian issues. It covers poor white issues in Appalachia, what we can do to, to, to make those conditions better over there. There are a lot of things that we have to kill the filibuster so that we can accomplish things. We, I think we've already established that Republican politicians, not Republican people, Republican people just don't understand how evil their politicians, the politicians that they have voted in are. They just don't understand it because these guys are excellent at messaging. They are excellent at lying. But the, what they don't tell you is how the policies they pass harm the people who support them. And then they say, look at what those brown peoples are doing. They're coming over the fence while they're, taking the, while they're picking your pocket. But anyhow, here's what Obama had to say because it starts with voting. It starts with voting. Check this out. You want to honor John? Let's honor him by revitalizing the law that he was willing to die for. Once we pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, we should keep marching. And if all this takes eliminating the filibuster, another Jim Crow relic, in order to secure the God-given rights of every American, then that's what we should do. That is what we should do. Eliminate the filibuster. So there we have a former Democratic president who was hampered, who was harmed, who was damaged. And when I say he was damaged, I don't mean President Obama personally was damaged. I mean the policies that he had wanted to uh, work for America. Uh, Mitch McConnell said, my ultimate goal is to make Don, uh, to make President Obama a one-term president. He was unsuccessful in doing that, but he was very successful with, via gerrymandering and otherwise to make sure that the House wasn't the best. And with a minority of people in this country based on how we allocate senators, he was able to allow a minority of Americans to appoint three Supreme Court justices and to turn the Senate into a place where bills die. Where bills that help American people die. That is what Mitch McConnell stands for. So I think it was important for us to make it clear that's the case. Now the other subject that I want to talk about is, the before we go on further, uh, is the insurrection. The reason why you see a lot of the Republican politicians attempting to whitewash the insurrection is because they understand that come 2022, they have lost all of their real talking points. 
They have lost the patriotic talking point. They have lost the social justice talking point. They have lost the criminal justice talking point. And they've lost the uh, we stand for justice, we stand for law and order talking point. If the insurrection remains the insurrection effected by those who supported Donald Trump, they've lost those narratives that we ought to pick up and put in ads, not only about the insurrection, but about them not voting a penny for every single American or for 85% of Americans. They denied access to a stimulus, a necessary stimulus, to millions of Americans. They said no. They also to remove kids out of poverty. They also said no to feed the starving. They also said no to allow your police officers to remain employed to keep you protected. They also said no to your fire department who need the funds given that the, inch, that the tax base for many areas would have been lowered. They said no to all of that, not because they understood it wasn't needed. They would say because a recovery was coming. No. They would give you many reasons why they believe that they shouldn't do these things. But you ought to know your talking points well. Let everyone know that had it not been for Democrats controlling the Senate, you would have had less police officers. You would have had less fire department, uh, firemen. You would have had less food for the starving people in your, in your states. You would have had less money circulating in your state. Mitch McConnell's state has 4.4 million people. Of those 4.4 million people, 4 will receive funds from this bill. I repeat, a state with 4.4 million people, Mitch McConnell's Kentucky, 4 million people will get physical payments and support from the American Rescue Plan. And he said, no. He's not running in 2022. But it's important that everybody here tell their Republican brothers and sisters, absent having a Democratic Senate, a Democratic President, and a Democratic House, you would not have had the recovery we are about to em engage on. These are not uh, questions. You don't have to argue about these issues when you're talking to your relatives. You don't need to get into a discussion. You just need to say, show them the votes. This is a bill. This is what the bill does. You have the money in your, in your, in your um, checking account. You also see your friends who were on food stamps that lost it continue to get it. You also see your relatives in Appalachia now get support for their addictions, now get support for their kids who are living in the trailer parks. My, sis, my daughter went through these areas and she couldn't believe what she saw in the Appalachian areas of Ohio, West Virginia, and these other places. Good people just misled 
by a destructive right-wing media that, as I've shown you several times, their sole method of fame is lying to people who have put their trust in them. And what you have to do, brothers and sisters that are listening to me, other than sharing this and moving this along, is letting your folks understand that they've been lied to, but you don't have to get into a fight about it. Just let them know. These are the votes of the Republicans. These are the votes of the Democrats. And this is what you have in your checking account. This is what your kids have. A meal they didn't have before. That is all we got to do. And the next thing, there, I want you to make add one other thing to the narrative. I want you to remember to tell your right-wing brothers and sisters, your Republican brothers and sisters, that when they go into that voting booth, they don't have to tell anybody who they voted for. They don't. Just tell them, vote their pocketbook. Vote the interest of their family. Vote these issues. And if you want to come out of that thing and say, I voted a straight Republican ticket, feel free to do so. Because your vote is yours and nobody saw who you voted for. And that is how, you know, voting... Republicanism, democratism, and all these things, these are all, uh, what's the word? These are all ideological things. And some people, like even here in my neighborhood, I would be at Starbucks, and I would be talking to a friend that comes in. He sees my car out there, and he, he wants to talk. And we talk, and we get along. He knows, he knows I am a straight old progressive, democratic, socialist kind of guy. But he enjoys talking because he loves what he's hearing. He sees my car and he comes in and he talks. And he tries to hit me up with every Republican position. And by the end of the conversation, he would say, well, I guess there are two ways to look at it or whatever. I remember one time going into that, uh, that coffee shop. He was there before I was this time. Normally, he sees my car, he comes in. He was there before, he saw, before, uh, before I was there. I got in. He's with a friend, a Republican friend. And the two of them are having coffee. And he sees me. I see him. I make believe I don't. But I am looking through to him through the corner of my eye. And I could see the horror in his face. Egberto, please don't come and talk to me now. Please. But I know. I understand the concept. I understand peer pressure. So in dealing with winning... For us to win, we don't have to turn Republicans into Democrats. We just want their vote to support them all. We just want their vote to do the right thing. We just want their vote so that we can have the right values in our policies. So I got into the place. I got my coffee. I sat at the other end of Starbucks. He sat at the windows. I sat at the other end of Starbucks. And then, after his friend left, he went to get some more coffee. He did that sort of to, you know, to, he did that so he could see me. And then he, hey, Egberto, when did you come in here? Great. And he sat down and had a chat. But I understood what was happening. You know, as I say, not because people don't say things don't mean they don't understand things. Not because we don't say things 
you know, sometimes we know you would prefer that we're not there. And we oblige to make you comfortable. But we just ask you as an individual to do the right thing. To do the right thing. We're almost at the halfway part and we're going to get into all the other videos that I talked to you about. The two other videos that I talked to you about. But before you know what, what I'm, I'm going to do is take real couple of minutes real here and say, hey guys, please, if you're listening to us on, on uh, YouTube right now, please consider joining our PDR Posse by clicking that join button and becoming a part of our YouTube, uh, uh, our YouTube tribe. It's called the PDR Posse, named by Bridge MCP. If you don't see that link, I'm going to put a link in the screen right now, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Click on that. Please become a subscribing member of our passive. You do it right now. I'll call you out, and if you want to be called out, that is, and say, hey, thank you for becoming a member. All right. By the way, we also have a cup that we promote with that. Bridge MCP designed it, and here's that cup. And let me put that on the screen real quickly. You guys know what I do. My regulars know that I do this all the time. That's the cup designed by Bridge MCP. Nice cup that kind of shows the unity that I promote. I promote Republicans, Democrats, anarchists, everybody getting together, having some coffee. And even though we may disagree on things, our 90% of our values, believe it or not, are generally pretty darn close to each other. Because guess what? Humanity has some pretty common values. So uh, check that out. Those are all the good folks that have bought the cup. Those are all the good folks. A lot more bought the cup. But you know what happened? They don't send me the pictures. I keep asking people, send me pictures, send me pictures, but they don't want to send the pictures. Anyway, you can also support us on uh, Patreon. Patreon is a, a, a platform that allows you to say, I want to subscribe because this person is doing some good work and I want that work to continue. So please go ahead and consider also, if you are or joining us via politicsunright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsunright.com slash Patreon. We also uh, accept support via PayPal. That is politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. If you get our book, we set, we, I have three books that are out right now. Uh, here's a link to the book that you see on the screen. It's worth it, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Friends, uh, Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. That is the, you, that is the uh, Amazon link to the book. But if you want to cut out the middleman, you can also go to our store, politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. And of course, at the store, you can get our T-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, our hats, all that good stuff. And if you're on YouTube right now, you can also see that we have a rack there with all those things that we have with our logo, insignias, and all that good stuff. So please support us. I ask you so kindly, please support us. Anyhow, anyhow, vamos a comenzar con el... El resto del programa, we're going to continue with the rest of the program. Jessica Taylor says, did you read about the Atlanta shooter, uh, shooter church trying to disappear from the internet after his affiliation was made public? No, I didn't. But you know what? These churches are so dangerous because they have made a pact. And when they started supporting Donald Trump, they made a pact with the devil, Jessica. And I think it's going to harm them indefinitely. Anyhow. Let's go. I want you to listen to this. Um, I, I want you to listen to. Let me let me see how I'm going to start this. I want you to listen to this journalist. I want you to listen. Well, you know what? Before that, before that, before I go there, before I go there, we were talking about insurrection, and I don't think I played you Louis Gohmert because 
I want you to hear Louis Gomert and how these guys were trying to erase the insurrection. Remember I was talking about they need to erase the insurrection because it means if it's still in our lexicon in 2022, they've lost all your talking points. Check this out. The House has officially passed a resolution awarding congressional gold medals to U.S. Capitol Police and D.C. Metropolitan Police for their service during the January 6th insurrection. The vote, 413 to 12. All Democrats voted for it. 12 Republicans voted against it, saying they objected to the use of the word insurrectionists in the resolution. Forbes reporting that Congressman Louis Gohmert plans to introduce an alternative resolution that doesn't mention the riot. Well, he can avoid mentioning the riot, but we've got the tape, and we can play it over and over. America saw it. The world saw it. Those were insurrectionists. We, I love what she said. The world saw it. Those are insurrectionists. So we can't allow them to change history. We won't allow them to change history. And like I tell all of my brothers and sisters out there, one of the things that those of us who are progressives, those of us who are good, moderate Republicans, those of us who are good, progressive, uh, democratic socialists, those of us who are anarchists, those of us who are all these things that just want good stuff, we have a tendency to be short-sighted, and the one thing the right wing knows very, very well is consistency, repetition, consistency and repetition. Every time somebody turns on Fox News, in the next week, they're going to see the border, they're going to see the menace that brown people are going to be to their audience. That's what they're going to see every single day. And they want people to be so magnetized to that that they forget about all the good things that are happening with the America Rescue Plan, all the good things that are happening with the vaccine. It is our responsibility to change the subject, to keep the subject, to keep the eye on the ball, to make sure everybody understands the only reason this country is starting to succeed is because we're getting the vaccines, because we're getting things done, and because we're, we're inflating the economy. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming from ATL. Welcome aboard. Okay, let's start with a uh, Republican from Texas. We have two Texans. Louis Gohmert is a Texan. Embarrassment. And now we have Chip Roy, another Texan. Another embarrassment. Another embarrassing congressman from Texas that just shows the colors of the Texas Republican Party and, generally speaking, a large part of the Republican Party. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. I would also suggest that the victims of cartels moving illegal aliens deserve justice. The American citizens in South Texas, they're getting absolutely decimated by what's happening at our southern border, deserve justice. The victims of rioting and looting in the streets last week, businesses closed, burned, la I'm mean, sorry, last summer, deserve justice. Um, we, did, we believe in justice. Right? There's old sayings in Texas about, you know, find the, all the rope in Texas and get a tall oak tree. Uh, you know, we take justice very seriously. My concern about this hearing is that it seems to want to venture into the policing of rhetoric in a free society, free speech, um, and away from 
the rule of law and taken out bad guys. So now we're talking about whether talking about China, the Chai Coms, the Chinese Communist Party, whatever phrasing we want to use, and if some people are saying, hey, we think those guys are the bad guys, for whatever reason. And let me just say clearly, I do. I think the Chinese Communist Party running the country of China, I think they're the bad guys. Again, this hearing was supposed to be about discrimination against Asian Americans. We cannot turn a blind eye to people living in fear. I want to go something that Mr. Roy said earlier. Your president and your party and your colleagues can talk about issues with any other country that you want, but you don't have to do it by putting a bullseye on the back of Asian Americans across this country, on our grandparents, on our kids. This hearing was to address the hurt and pain of our community and to, to find solutions, and we will not let you take our voice away from us. Congressman Roy responded with a statement about his remarks that ended with the words, no apologies. You know, when you look at what these guys are doing, the evil within their statements, the evil within their responses after they're caught, it's astounding. Now, these aren't the people that, are, that we think are reachable. But there are many people that these people believe really support them that don't. So let's get to those people. Because it is shameful that this Texas Republican goes out there and evokes lynching. Evokes that the Latinos coming over from the border, those people in Texas, they have recourse that they should want to take. It's this, it's this, these are the same guys that pushed the insurrection on January 6th. These are the same guys giving the impetus to others to do the bad things they're doing because they believe they're doing, they're solving for glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, America. What these guys don't understand is what they're, what they're pushing is more than hate. It's more than violence. It's more than insurrection. You're pushing for a state where no one else has rights, them. That's why, on another note, we have got to get rid of the filibuster so that we can pass laws to ensure that those guys, those evil beings, are no longer in positions of power in this country where they can cause the type of harm that they're causing on a whole lot of people. Absolutely so. Now, I watched that, and as I, as I watched that, it was like, that can't be real. In, uh, you know, do you, do you remember when even if you held, look, we are all humans. We all have thoughts that it's best not said because we have to teach ourselves to be, we all teach ourselves to be better people. That's, that's just it. Anyone who, you know, I don't like those people that are high and mighty. In other words, oh, I'm so good. I don't, you know, I'm not racist. I am not prejudiced. I'm not sexist. Uh, well, I look, I say this now, right? Like I purge myself of sexism, homophobia, all of that. But I say it from a humbling standpoint, meaning what an ass I was, right? To, to, to have ever been sexist, to have ever been a homophobe. I'm an ass. I'm a dumb SOB because of how I was reared that was reared inside of me right 
But as I grew up and learned other things, I changed. And, not, and, and I, I really, really, really changed, right? So when I look and I say, oh, I'm not racist, I'm not, you know, I, I, I say it in that context. But then you have those who say these things as a moral, you know, even some of the, the progressives, as a moral air of superiority, as opposed to a humbling thing that says, let's allow others to go through the same process that you have gone through, assuming you have gone through that process, right? And um, so when I, when I see what we've, you know, what we've, we've just seen, seen there, my thing isn't like, oh, there's such, these people are such bad. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to say is they don't even want to try to change. They don't even want to accept that it's not a good thing. It's not even a smart thing. It's not even a smart thing to have many of the thoughts that we've grown up with. And you have to be intentional in changing them, right? But this guy, he goes out and he gives a litany of all these racist things that to him sounds normal. When he evokes the oak tree and as much rope as you can find in Texas. Uh, I saw somebody here said he'd swallowed deeply. Who said that? I think I just saw that scroll by. E2247 says, I swallowed my gum on that rope and tree statement in a congressional hearing. Wow. You know, that speaks like super well of you, brother E2247. It speaks, it, it tells so much that as soon as you heard that, you swallowed Right? It's, you know, I mean, but for those people uh, who heard that comment and didn't have any reaction, now that we've explained what it means, we hope that those people would subsequently have a reaction because they understand, oh, he's talking about killing another human being. Not because of real justice, but because of the lynching justice of the old. You know, and that's how they think. They talk about those people on the board. You know, it's funny because at Daily Coast, I, I, I posted that article. And the article said, uh, um, the article that I posted at the Daily Coast, there's one person that commented, <laughs> and I kind of had to laugh at it because when he commented on the article, he said, um, uh, let me get to it real, real quick. I, want to, I, want to, I don't want to mess up his comment. Because he, on the bottom of his comment, uh, wrong article, wrong article. On the bottom of the column, he, he illustrated that uh, <laughs> he put, the American citizens in South Texas, they're getting absolutely decimated by what's happening at the southern border. You know what's happening at the southern border? Brown people are coming across the border because of the famine throughout Central America after those hurricanes and all those things. And Trump cut all the aid to these people. And, you know, humans look for whatever they can to help their families. And that's what they're doing. It's not a bunch of criminals coming over here. It's a bunch of people in pain coming over here. The Asian, the Asian invisible minority. I was so happy to see the response from the congresswoman, congresswoman Meng, who made it clear, don't make us the dart. Don't use us 
as the dart, allowing others to take us for granted, which is what they do. By the way, Congresswoman, they're doing the same thing with the brown people coming across the border. But the, the brown people coming across the border are kind of used to it. The, the Asian invisibility is always there, but the attacks on them had subsided for some time. The reappearance right now is something we have to give notion to. Okay, the other video that I want to show you has to do with an activist journalist. And when she spoke, it was... I didn't know how to incorporate that into the show today because, like I said, you know, this wasn't the show that we are going to have today. But what I wanted to do was kind of see... I, I, I hope that you can see the kind of pain that she had. I mean, this isn't the pain like, oh, I'm hurting or something like that. This is that kind of pain. This sort of a, a dull pain. A dull pain that people who are denied because of not what they're capable of doing, but are denied just for being. Women understand that feeling. They feel it. Black people understand that feeling. Latinos understand that feeling. Asians understand that feeling. The thing that you can do X, Y, and Z, but only even attempt this because, well, you know, this one isn't for you. And we've been changing. Don't get me wrong. We've been changing. We've been changing. But listening to her should give everybody pause. Listen to what she has to say and how she says it. No malice. Just the way it is. What have you experienced in your career in a, in a business that's supposed to be so open and embracing of diversity? I mean, for the longest time, it's been that you know, white people can tell everyone's stories. They can, they can tell black stories, Asian stories, Latinx stories, and we in the minority community can support them in telling those stories. And uh, just the fact that all of our stories have been whitewashed for so long, and that's been acceptable. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing. Whenever I've seen like an article on deadline that comes out about some new movie with a really cool director, um, and it just happens to be a period piece. There have been times in the past where I have reached out and said to my reps, like, Hey, um, can I meet on this movie? I think it sounds like a really great, um, concept. And I'll just hear back that it's a period piece. There's no other explanation because I should know. And I do know what they mean by that, which is my Asian face does not fit into a period piece that I cannot tell those stories. And, um, that's a really infuriating thing because everyone else is allowed to tell our stories. And it's not, it's not just, um, from in front of the camera, it's behind the camera. You know, you look at the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO, it's directed by two white men. And when you look at, it starts with, with his DUI. And yes, Tiger had a lot of traumatic moments in his life, but he also was a black Asian American man who reached to heights that none of us could have ever dreamed. And yet when you watch this documentary, it is so negative. And I think it's because it was told through the eyes of two men who do not know what it's like to live life in a, in a black man's skin or see the world through the eyes of an Asian man's eyes. Like it is, um, it is just, it's just the, the systemic whitewashing that has happened. It goes, 
it's so deep and so far back, and it's still happening even to this day. Well, you bring such an important perspective. Thank you very much for speaking out. And, you know, it is so often it is hard to explain that concept. And I thought she did it so well using uh, when she tries to uh, be the uh, journalist for a particular movie or whatever. You should know that it's not you who are going to cover that movie. And, you know, I mean, you could even see it in uh, yesterday with the with the with the capture of the guy who killed those six Asian women. Uh Excuses being made by a sheriff humanizing this young man who murdered. Uh, they didn't call him a savage, an animal, a murderer, a killer. But on the other, the, the same thing that happened in Georgia, that, that guy who hunted that young black man who was running through the streets, they hunted him with a truck, blocked his way like he's a horse, to, to stop the horse from getting away, to get the prey from getting away, and then shot him dead, and for a long time went home. No arrest. Nobody, you didn't hear the police officers calling him an animal, rude, killer, a vigilante. None of those things were mentioned. But as soon as you have a, a person of color who kills... The adjectives go on and they, you have an entire story. You get their entire police record. You get their entire... Everything that that person would have ever done wrong is out there. Even with George Floyd, now they want his prior arrest in the case. It has nothing to do with the case, but they want to bias the jury. I mean, it's a constancy. And it's a burden. And my... My Asian brothers and sisters, I get it. I also get that uh, because of prominent uh, Asians and how they show up in our professional sphere and how they show up in our academic sphere, many don't realize that most Asians, that's not who they are. It's the same type of thing that occurs in just about every society, including the white society. It's just that the story is told differently. In America, we know how to isolate white people that we don't want to see, the ones that don't live up to the, the, live up to the painting of what it should be. We leave them in Appalachia. We leave them in rural areas. We leave them all over the place where there ain't no real media. And that's what we, you know, and, and if you, if you want to understand why white America thinks so poorly about the rest of the country and somehow they're being attacked and taken over and somehow it's them brown people and them black people and them Asians that are doing things to them, it's the design of the structure. You know, you keep... You keep them white people in rural areas. You keep them white people in Appalachia. And they don't really understand what's going on. And then the others that live fine in suburbia. And those that live fine in the skyscrapers and all of that. That is the picture, right? That, that you know, 60-70% of white people see as that is what white in America is. But they don't see their downtrodden. So they don't see them the possibility that they could look like 
the brothers and sisters in the ghettos, the brothers and sisters in the barrios. And they don't know about the brothers and sisters in Appalachia. Because the media ain't showing them, hardly. The same crime rate, the same drug problems, the same issues that you have in black America, in Latino America, in the, in the, in the Asian barrios in L.A. and all those things, right? With the Asian gangs and all the same things that you have there. You have in Appalachia, but nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. So you get a, a distorted view of what America is. And when you have a distorted view of what America is, it gives the people within America that feeling that somehow somebody is taking something from them. But the problem is, Nobody really had their birthrights. The slave never got their 40 acres and a mule. Most white people were not even going to get any damn acres because they were never slaves. They were just poor. And all the rest, the Chinese who came and built the Pacific Railroad, when their labor was done, we tolerated them. We made them invisible. You know... And the problem is not humanity. The problem is not all of us. The problem is that we are all the puppets. We are the puppets. By choice. We don't know it's by choice. But we are the puppets by choice. And when we decide that we are going to find our freedom. Because... What our form of capitalism has done, it is, has made us such antiseptic slaves that we don't even know we are. We don't even know we are. So you get on the freeways every day into that traffic jam like a robot. They're pulling your strings. Every day you go into your job, you do what, you do what your boss tells you. Nowadays, you do what master tells you. And they pay you what they want to pay you. And they do what they want to do. And you own nothing because all the excess labor that you give them is in their profits. It's in the stock market profit that they make. It's what they take. It's, it's what they called. It's what uh, Karl Marx would call your excess labor. You know. And, but they don't explain it to you that way. You know, they, they, they just let you think that they're doing you a favor for giving you a job. They're doing you a favor. You're, you're doing the work. You're making them money, you know? But you're doing that. They want you to be. It, our minds are so messed up that we don't understand that those oil companies have sent us, those executives who couldn't turn a wrench, who couldn't dig a hole, who doesn't know anything about fracking, they wouldn't make a penny. And they're doing us a favor. It's still in our mind. And then we fight each other, right? We want a minimum wage. And we have Republicans saying, no, that we can't. You'll cause, you'll cause people to lose their jobs if they have a minimum wage. To which I say, no. If paying a minimum wage means you're going to lay people off, you ain't got no real business. You just have slaves you want to work for you to make life easier for you. You want to take all the income for you. And not 
share with the person who's actually allowing you to have that income. You know, that guy who owns the bakery, who only wants to pay you seven bucks an hour so that he can live in the penthouse after profiting $500,000 from that bakery, he's going to act like if that $500,000 that he profited from the bakery, it's from his intellect and his doing because it's his business. But absent you working for him, he doesn't have $500,000. So we should feel no guilt when we say we want equitable treatment. Our problem is we... Look, you know, I always, you know, I used to tell uh, my wife this long time ago about church, right? You go to a church, the first, they don't ask you about your income and all of that in the beginning. They try to get you to love the church. They try to get you to admire the church. They try to get you to want to be a part of the church. They want to have your mind. Because if I first have your mind, if I get your mind, I don't only have your cash. I don't only have your tithe. I have whatever the hell I want to have out of you. What I'm telling everybody who listens to my little old voice here, keep your mind. Keep your mind. Be the master of your own mind. Don't believe anything I say or anything anyone else say. Determine who is trustworthy, and that's where you go from. That is what we need to do. And all of you that are listening to me, the, the, the fact that you're here, we can all be, we can all put this out there and, and help our brothers and, people and sisters, the people who have trust in us, right? I have a sphere of people who trust me. All of you have a sphere of people who trust you. Use your influence, not in a superior manner, not in a condescending manner, not in I know best manner, but a firm manner that you know truth and don't just listen to you, but here are the options. And that is what we got to do. And we have to do it on a singular basis. We have to do it in a form that it eventually becomes geometric. Anyhow, we're getting close to the end of the show. Let me salute all my brothers and sisters real quick. Let me get to the top of the screen. Michael Rodney, welcome aboard. Breach MCP, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Eugene Miles, welcome aboard. Julie Van Ostel, welcome aboard. Uh, Linda Jo Kensinger, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Uh, scrolling down, May Wood, welcome aboard. Paravera, uh, Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Uh, Linda, I think I got Kissinger already. Mirna Chatin, welcome aboard. Uh, Myrna, I think is the name. E2247, thank you so kindly for being here. Uh, coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down. Boomer, you. Welcome aboard, Boomer, you. Are you Boomer University? Is that what that stands for? Or just like Boomer, you. Tom C., new member of our PDR Posse, welcome aboard. Jessica Taylor, thank you for being here again, my dear friend, my new friend. Uh, let's see, Michael Rudnan, text 777, welcome aboard. I'm still scrolling down, I'm still scrolling down, I'm still scrolling down. Somebody's using my name, don't use my name. Michael Rudnan, I got you already. I'm coming down, coming down, coming down, I'm, all, I'm going to Paul Fleming from Atlanta. Hey, sorry for what happened in your, your part of the world, brother. You got your first COVID shot today. Bye. How does it go? Beep, beep, you got your first COVID shot. Hey, I got my, hey, the second, <laughs> I'm not going to scare anybody, but the second COVID shot, 
I felt like I had the flu for one day. One day. I, I still worked, but I went to bed. And my daughter said, you are going to bed early today, Dad. I said, yes, ma'am. And the only reason I said yes, ma'am, is because my body was in pain. And the other day, I woke up like strong as hell. Okay, let's see. Uh, uh, this is a great, uh, from Jessica Taylor, this is a great interview also last night at Capitol Hill office and Don Lemon. Thank you for saying that out, uh, Jessica. Jessica Taylor, thank you for being here. Carl Cox, welcome, for, welcome to be here or welcome for being here. Uh, let's see who else is here with us today. I'm, call, I'm almost down. I'm coming. No, actually, I'm not almost down. I'm still going down. Guys, I think I got Kissinger coming down, coming down. Julie Van Osdell, I think I got you. Uh, who else? Mark Smith from London. Love you, Mark Smith from London. Welcome aboard. Uh, coming down. I'm continuing to go down. Anybody else want to be acknowledged? Please throw your name into this. By the way, you have to be either in the YouTube feed or the feed on uh, facebook.com slash politics done right. Otherwise, for all the other places that it sure doesn't show up in this particular feed. Uh, who else is here? Who else is here? Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. Uh, I see you put dollar signs, Nanette Bird Smith. Uh, I think I was, must have been talking about the church then. <laughs> Egberto, I hope, uh, let's see, Michael Rudnan says, Egberto, I hope this is tomorrow's topic. Oil firms, new decades ago, fossil fuels pose grave risk, files reveal. You know, we covered that already, uh, uh, Michael, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll read it, touch on it a bit. But, yeah, we've covered that as well. But you know what? We cover things over and over again because that's what we have to learn from the right. You have to repeat things over and over again because every day we have a new audience. We have our base audience, and every day we have a new audience because our audience is not only here live, but the ones that are on podcasts, on vlogcasts, and also some of these, are, I, I play these on KPI. 90.1 FM, and some other people carry it on Pacifica Network, where they actually sparse it up and cut pieces out and put it on their shows on different radio stations, etc., etc., etc. Anyhow, look guys, you could be anywhere, but you're here with me. I thank you so kindly. Please support us if you can, and how's the best way to support us? You can just, if you're on YouTube, click on that join button to join us, join our PDR Posse. Or if you don't see that button or you're in some other network, just go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube. When you, when you subscribe to YouTube, remember to hit that bell so that you get notified when we go live. Sometimes we go live several times. Or, uh, again, but also please go ahead and join. It's, we have several different options, but it's inexpensive to join us, and you'll be helping us out quite a bit. Uh, you can get my book, uh, uh, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Uh, you can get that book right there at Amazon. These are all the books that, I, that I've, I've written, folks. So you can go ahead and here, whoop, whoop, here we go. Uh, as I see it, this, is a, this was my first one. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. That, I, I, I trust you'd learn all about the economics that you need to know on that book. And you can catch that book at the store as well. Where is that store? Politicsunright.com slash store. Politicsunright.com slash store, you can get the mug. Here's where you get the mug, uh, since, since Bridge just put it out. And you can support us at PayPal right here. Folks, thank you so kindly for having been here. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out!
We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.